podcasts where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika. And just right off the bat, we're just going to say that Ava is not going to be with us on this episode. Um, but hopefully she will be back with us next week. So I have a few things right off the top that we're going to discuss before we jump into the episode. So first thing, we do have a couple of announcements. Um, so the first announcement, Love is Blind, season five is coming in September. We don't have an exact date. We also don't um, have a trailer yet, uh, but it is coming. And this is a show that we will be covering once it starts. So I'm assuming also if we are starting to announce the new season that we're going to have an after the altar for season four, which we will also cover once, once that comes as well. Hopefully it's better than the last one. Um, and hopefully we don't get any spoilers because we did get quite a bit of spoilers with the last Love is Blind. Uh, so hopefully it'll be a lot better this time around. But yes, that's around with that announcement. 90 Day UK, guys, it's coming. It is coming on July 16th. Yes, July 16th. So we will be covering this. We did mention this, I believe, in our first episode that we would be covering this episode, like the season. So we can quickly go through who we're expecting. So we have mainly all new cast members, except for who I already announced in a previous episode. We're getting Katie and Alejandro. So we will, we will have them. They're the only returning couple, which is a little sad because I did want to see, what was their names again? The the one who answered his phone (laughs) during his wedding. We wanted to see him again and, and, but maybe, maybe they're not together. Um, so the new cast, we have a hairdresser named Shane. Not sure if it's a man or a woman. So I was referred to there 27 from Devon or Devon and 28 year old Barber Mert, who is from Turkey. Then we have... A father of two, whose name is Michael. He's 37 and from Essex. Uh, And he is with Mercy, who is 28, from Kenya. And they met on a dating app back in 2021. Um, Then we have a single mom, Louise, who is 39, from Gloucester, Gloucester, hopefully I said that right. Um, I probably didn't. <laughs> Who met a 29 year old rapper named Jose from Colombia. Um, 
who also met over social media over a year ago. Then we have Robert, who is 47 years old from Glasgow, and Assel, hopefully that's Assel, it's very close to something else, guys. Um, if anyone has watched the movie Maid of Honor or Man of Honor, I think is what it was called, um, that name came up. <laughs> Just a little throwback movie there. Um, and Assel, who is 35 from Kazakhstan. And they also met in 2021. There seems to be a theme here with 2021. And then we have Tion, who is 21 from Derby, who is a self-confessed princess. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> um, and she is with David, who is 24 from the DR. Um, and last but not least, we have Rebecca, who is 27 from Chesterfield, and she is with Christian, who is 29 from Argentina. So this is our cast for 90 Day UK coming on July 16th. So just a little less than a month away. So the only other quick announcement, guys, Bachelorette is coming in probably about a week, right? Yeah, I think it's coming very quickly. So what we are going to be doing with with Bachelorette, because it is going to be a very different format than what we cover, the other things that we cover and will be covering in the future, we are deciding to do bi-weekly episodes with Bachelorette. So we will do an episode for the, for the premiere, but after that we will be doing every two weeks. So you'll get an episode. We still have to figure out the days and the scheduling for that, but you'll get an episode when it airs and then you will we will do another one two weeks from then. We will be covering the previous week and that week. That makes sense. Okay. We'll keep you updated on that. Um, maybe as we get along through the show, when we get closer to the end, we will probably adjust this a little bit, especially when we come to the, um, the men tell all and, the, the finale and the final rose, we will maybe change that to doing it every week. So we're on top of things, especially with the mental health, because it's always juicy. Um, so we will probably do that that same week. And But we will keep you posted as things go along with that, with that show. But this is what we're going to do for scheduling purposes, just because we are being inundated by Matt Sharp Productions. <laughs> so um, we, we we're going to do it this way uh, for now. Um, and then we will we'll pick it up towards the end, depending on how things go. So that's it for the announcements. I do have some hot goss. So let's jump right into the hot goss. So, guys, 
Amanda. We all know Amanda, Amanda and Rosman. So this has come out that there is potentially some weirdness going on with their relationship. So as we know from the show so far, Amanda's husband, Jason, died in early 2022. And someone did some sleuthing and found his obituary page, which gave an exact date of when he passed away, which was March 19th, 2022. So it's now being alleged that there is some weirdness going on with their relationship. As I mentioned in the show, they say that their relationship didn't begin until late 2022. That might not be true. And here's why. The reasons that they think that maybe their relationship may have started before her husband's death is because of Rosman's TikTok, which shows a tribute he made to Amanda dated May 4th, 2022. So we're saying just a couple of months just a shy of two months from her husband's death. So it would show that they have at least been talking during this point when her husband could have still been alive or at least have been talking not long after his death. Um, And that the his posts to her definitely showed some flirting going on. So so we're going to get into everything Amanda and Rosvin very quickly because guys, I have thoughts. I really do. I have thoughts on on, on their relationship or really just her (laughs) to be totally honest. So the next quick segment we're going to go to, I have a bunch of 90 day memes off the official 90 day Twitter page that I'm going to share with you guys. I'm going to read some on the pod, but I'm not going to read all of them. Um, but all of them will be posted on Facebook um, and Instagram. So for the segment, memes heard around the world, <laughs> still workshopping it. Um, So meme number one, 30 years old, giving hickeys. We'll get there because I have thoughts about that as well. Meme number two, this dude really slid into her DMs with the books, book of Psalms. Mm -hmm, He did. Meme number three, five years and no video call. Hooray, you don't see any red flags. We'll get to it as well, because I have thoughts about that as well. Meme number four. Anybody else suspect the K-1 visa may have never been filed at all here, pertaining to Gino and Jasmine? I kid you not, I thought the same, but we'll get into it. Meme number five. Can we just call Neve and Cammy and wrap this Tyree situation up? 
Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. This is what we've been saying. (laughs) That's it for memes heard around the world. So I do have one more hot goss. Usman. (laughs) For those who don't know, there has been a lot of talks about, uh, I don't know, a tour in the UK that he's planning to do, which from my understanding, it was seeming very sketchy. It still seems very sketchy because, sir, why you know? <laughs> but that aside, I think it's starting to make sense why he maybe was targeting the UK of all places because, guys, he's got a new girlfriend. He's got a new girlfriend. He uh, posted on his Instagram saying, love is a beautiful thing. It's amazing to fall in love and to get it back in return. I'm officially off market, not by force, he says, but by choice. This one is the right one for me. Check us out. Don't you think we fit? Guys, no hating, please, is what he posted on his Instagram. And he has pictures, a few pictures of him and his new girlfriend. She looks very pretty. I'm not going to, you know, shit on that or anything like that. Um, but not by force. So, sir, are you trying to say that baby girl Lisa and Kimbali forced you into your relationship? Sir, no one can force you into a relationship. Nobody. You made a choice. You forced yourself into those relationships because you wanted to be in the States. So I guess you figured, well, England's the next best choice, I guess. I don't, I, mm, very weird. It's very weird. (laughs) But, so that's that on, um, on the hot goss. Okay, so. Let's jump right into B90, Season 6, Episode 3, Overboard. I get it now. (laughs) We're going to get into all of this. This is going to be a fairly long episode. um, Because I have, I don't know, about five pages of notes on Misha and Nicola alone. So here we go. They're going to start off with Amanda and Rosvin. So we go into Amanda saying he is taking too long with her coffee. And he does a little dance thing and while the coffee is doing its thing. And then he goes back into the bed with her and he says to her, why do you sleep with your socks on? Now, guys. I personally don't sleep with my socks on. Um, I don't. I've tried, honestly. Um, but it's just not for me. And if you choose to sleep with your socks on, that's good, good for you, I guess. But he does say, I hope when we have sex, you don't wear the socks on. It's not usually the other way around that a woman says that to like a man or something. If you are a straight woman and I'm just like, yeah, 
I personally don't want my partner wearing his socks while we are being intimate. So it's just like, I I hear that. And she doesn't even say anything. She doesn't say, oh no, I'll take them off. She just laughs and because, yeah. Anyway, so we find out that they didn't have sex. They just cuddled. However, and this goes back to the, the one meme that I read. He says that she must have been really horny because she started sucking on his neck and he is doing the sucking face. And guys, she gave him a hickey because you could see this disgusting, like, mark on his neck. Um, I'm just going to say full disclosure right off the top. I am not for hickeys. I hate them. I don't give them. I don't particularly like when someone gives them to me. However, I haven't had a hickey been given to me since I was in my early 20s. So I have not experienced that since and I, I'm not about it. <laughs> That's just me. Um, but you're, you're a grown ass woman. Why are you giving this man a hickey? It's not necessary. But anyway, moving right along. They're going to go explore Romania. I believe they're going to a place called what they refer to as Old Town. Um, and she says, yeah, go shower because you stink and, you know, take the bath, take, go, take the box of tissues into the bathroom with you. Why are we still focusing on this box of tissues? Let it go, ma'am. You're the one in the wrong here. Um, so he says in his, in the moment that he felt strange for her because she hasn't been with anyone else besides Jason. And he asks her, like, how did this make you feel? And she, you know, says the, the, what you expect her to, to say at this point that she, you know, yes, it maybe felt a little strange. She's just not used to being with a man um, anymore. But she says, I love you and I feel happy. Is it just me or when she they say I love you to each other? It's just the weirdest. It feels forced. That's what it feels like. It feels very forced. Um so yeah, it, it was a little weird for me. So moving right on past that. She says in her in her moment that, you know, it was kind of strange for her. But she felt she connected, but she's nervous and she's scared. I could be saying this wrong, but I think that's basically that she, you know, she felt the connection with him, but she, you know, she does feel nervous and scared. And I mean, those are all normal emotions to feel, um, no matter how long it, it, it's been. But again, we'll get into it. <laughs> He then asked her if he was a good kisser. She says, yes. Why are you? Okay. When a man asks somebody, or not even as a man, anybody asks somebody, am I good at kissing? Or am I good at, you know, was that good for you? <laughs> you know, when if you've 
had sex with somebody or something, it shows your insecurities as well. It shows that you're not confident in what you your abilities are in intimate situations. I can say this because the men who have asked me this question are the ones that had every right to feel insecure, we'll just put it that way. However, the ones who have not asked me didn't need to <laughs> to say that, but it was very, I felt, I felt, I thought it very strange that he, he asked that of her. Um, but then again, it also just makes sense. It, it just kind of goes to show that all of this that he's doing, he's clearly trying to maybe, maybe he's trying to overcompensate for something lacking that he feels is lacking or, or whatever the case may be. So yeah. Um, and he, she says that she feels guilty. We've talked about this before. She, she must have said she feels guilty about four or five times in this episode alone. <laughs> um, so now we are in Old Town and we find out from, from her that something happened before they left. And we find out that her son, Jr. Jr., <laughs> was talking to Rosvin and then tells Rosvin, my dada died. That's what he said. Then, you know, Amanda kind of gets involved and says, you know, you know, you, you know, your, your dad may be gone, but he's always with you. And says says the right things in that moment to her son but then he runs away and she said it completely caught her off guard she does not know why he said this um to rasvin and what prompted him to say this to rasvin girl i know why <laughs> i know why this is not this is not surprising that he said this to her to say sorry said this to him it's not surprising at all because when you are going to the airport with daddy's box in the back seat, he's saying, like, are you going to be sleeping in the same bed with Rasvin? And then when you get to Rasvin's apartment, he then proceeds to ask you again in a different way, where's his bedroom? Where where he wants to know where his bedroom is in comparison to where you'll be quote unquote sleeping on the couch. And then now this the following day. This goes to show, Amanda, that you your children are not ready for this at the bare minimum. I also don't think you're ready for this. But I just I'm not surprised and I'm not his mother. I'm just, I'm just an observer and I can tell, you know, something is clearly bothering him because he's not an, this is a thing. And we talked about this with, in our first episode, children are not dumb. As much as you want to show your children that Rosman is just a friend and you're just going to go visit your friend in Romania 
your children probably already know this is not just a friend. This is probably somebody who's coming into our lives and is going to interrupt our lives when they're not ready for someone to come and interrupt their lives. And he, they know that this person is not just a friend. They know this already. They're just not vocalizing that to you. Because they either, A, don't feel comfortable to vocalize it to you, or, I mean, in all honesty, they shouldn't have to. And I'll get to it later on in their scenes, because I have more thoughts about this that I'll get to um, at that point. So she says that it makes her feel sad and is second-guessing if she should have even come to Romania. Yeah, I don't think you should have gone to Romania. I don't think, I don't think your family, your, your immediate, your little family right now is ready for this. But again, I'll get into it a little more. Um, Razvan is doing his very best in this moment and says, you know, you are a good mom. And your, I, I know your children come first, but he says, "I've, I, you made the right choice in coming," and says it's a chance for us to grow our relationship. And she says it's a good choice over my children's well-being. Uh, uh, <laughs> um. If you cared about your children's well-being, Amanda, you would not have gone to Romania in the first place. You were being, and it's, oh, it's such a weird situation for me because I don't want to shit on her for moving on, trying to move on if it's appropriate to move on and, and find love. She deserves that. She's young. She still has her whole life ahead of her. And I understand that. On the other hand, it hasn't even been a year. You're not asking before. This is what I feel like she should have done. But here's the thing. She's lying to her children. So this is, this is the problem I have. And again, I said, I'll get to it when we get to the last scene with her and him. You're lying to your children. But if you chose to tell your children even a half truth, you could have then said to them, guys, do you feel comfortable with me potentially being with somebody else besides your dad? You know, you don't have to go into the details about the conversations you had with Jason because Jason, yes, gave you the okay, but I don't even know if he thought you would do within a year. <laughs> like, I can't speak for him. I don't know him, but I... I feel like if you could have at least had that conversation with them, you could have at least then gauged whether or not you felt that they were ready for someone to come into their lives. She's doing this ass backwards is how I feel that she's doing this right now. And it is starting to, she's starting to annoy me. And that's the thing is I don't, it's so touchy with the people they've chosen Everyone's sad, but like I, I, she, she's, she's, she's bothering me anyway. Um, 
she asks Rasvin how you would feel if I left early. And he says like he would be upset. He he wouldn't be happy with this choice if she did. But again, he's not saying I'm going to be mad at you if you leave. He is saying it's a human response for someone to say, I'm not happy that you're going to leave, but I have no choice, right? He's just saying it's going to be a human response in that moment. You know, it's going to be tough for me to watch you leave at the end of these three weeks, basically, is probably what he's thinking. But then I'm going to have to see you leave earlier than that. Like, yes, it's, it's a human response. Again, I'm going to get into this too. If you worried about your children's well-being, you wouldn't leave them for almost a month to go and be with your boy toy. But anyways, back to this. <laughs> she, she then questions, so you would be upset. Why would you be upset? Well, why wouldn't he be upset? Wouldn't you, if the tables were turned, wouldn't you be upset? Although you're not saying, please stay here and, 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 and don't go back to your children. He's not saying that. He's not saying that at all. What he's saying is, I'm just going to be upset, but like, I have no control over how I'm going to feel. It's going to be sad because you're not going to be here. And you know, I have this plan for you to be here the three weeks and, and whatnot. Like, she, and she does this again in the last scene with them. She twists his words around to suit her. And that, that's, that's not okay. I have a problem with that. Um, then he says, you know, the three weeks will go by fast. That's what he says. He says for him, it's going to go by fast. And then she says, for you, well, why not for you as well? If you are in love with this man, right? Why wouldn't you think those three weeks would go by fast? If the three weeks are not going to go by fast for you, and you are going to be sitting there, and not to say that you're not going to sit there and think about your children and, and worry about them and want to make sure that they're okay. It's not about that. That's not the problem here. My problem is that you're not going to feel the same way. You're not going to think, oh God, these three weeks flew by so quickly. Now I have to go back home. And yes, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to be with my children. I miss them like crazy, but I'm going to miss you too. And I, and I hate that I have to leave you back, back, back here. Aren't you going to think those things as well? Like I, I'm very confused by, by her and this quote unquote love she has for him. I, I don't know. Um, but he says, you know, let's not talk about it anymore. Let's just enjoy what we're going to be doing today. And, and let's not talk about this anymore. And again, she says, I feel guilty for leaving my kids. And that the kids still have strong feelings about their dad's passing. So girl, why'd you leave? And again, this is something that Ava said before. Why, why would you leave? Like I, I, God forbid something happens to you while you are in Romania and your children have just lost their parent, their, their other parent. Why would you 
I, I can't imagine that these children are probably feeling somewhat abandoned in this moment. And again, I'm, I'm just kind of speculating. I'm not saying they necessarily feel that way. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have some form of separation from their, from their mother, but when they are ready to have that right now, they're maybe not ready for that. It's important to have that, to know I'm leaving, but I'm coming back. It's important to have that, but it's not, I don't know if they're ready for it less than a year after their dad's passing at that time, at the time of filming. Um, so we see them walking around old town, um, old town and he shows her they're kind of window shopping and they, we see some traditional dresses. Um, and he says like, these are dresses that you would wear and you would do our traditional dance, which is called popular belief is what he said. Um, and then she says, okay, show me, show me now. That's what she says. And it's also much about asking him to show. Cause again, like I, I, I think I've, I've mentioned before, I, I, I am with an African man. He's from South Africa and he has showed me different things, traditional things, um, within his culture that I'm interested in and I want to see and I want to take in. That's what you do when you're in love with someone, right? You want to learn their cultures and um, their traditions and you, you're invested in that. So I'm not shitting on her in that sense. I love that she was interested and she wanted him to show her. It was just the attitude of which she asked him. She's like, show me now, do it right now dance monkey dance that's basically what she was doing and i'm like girl there's ways that's not it but um so he shows her and it's very you know you know kind of like a i don't want to shit on it i'm not shitting on it at all i thought it was very interesting and he is just like kind of doing this two-step thing and he kind of has like his hand behind his back um, and he's doing this dance and then he says, let me teach you. So he's teaching her. It's this great moment. It was all fine. No problems. They walk past this building that he refers to as a palace. So he says, it's a very old building. And she says, it's kind of something you see in the movies. Yes, sure. Um, so then he says, you know, you want to go get some drinks? And they go and they get some drinks. And he cheers to a beautiful future. I don't know if that future is ever going to happen for these people. But anyways, um, so he then proceeds to say, I want to ask you something. And for those people who watched the trailers from last week showing this scene, you think, oh God, is he going to propose to her? But in the same time, like, okay, I know how you operate Matt Sharp Productions. I know he's not actually going to propose to her, but that's the vibe you get. And even in the moment, you're kind of thinking, she is thinking he's going to propose to her and says, like, you're going to do something silly. Like, that's kind of what she's but also in the back of my mind thinking, oh God, is he going to propose and I'm going to have to say no? Like, that's what I think maybe was going through her her head. But then, and tell me if this sounds familiar, he then gives her the key to his apartment. Um, 
you guys are not going to work out because the last person who did this, he literally then proceeded to tell that, to tell our Darcy, you gained weight. Like, you know what I mean? You guys are not going to work out. Um, so obviously this, we're getting, obviously, you know, Adelaide, everyone's getting the, oh God, this is Tom and Darcy. And that obviously didn't work out. Um, but then she says, you know, I don't imagine I'm going to be in Romania very much um, after this. Like, if I do come back, like, it's not going to be anytime soon. So I don't have any use for your apartment key. And then he says, oh, that's okay. I'll just come there. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, I had an interview. What interview? For what? That's what she says. And then he says, I had an interview for a tourist visa. And if all goes well, I can come to the States pretty much right after you leave. (sighs) So we find out that he never told her about his plans to, to get a tourist visa. He never told her. And she says, no, this, this isn't, this isn't going to work. Like, it's, it's, it's not going to work. It's not realistic is what she says. And you can tell that he looks very sad. Um, but she says, I need to talk to my kids. And. I, I, I need to make sure that they're going to be okay. Now, before I go any further, here's what I'll say. His, in, his intention was pure, I think. I think that he really wasn't, again, this guy's 26 years old. He's not thinking, like, I'm doing something wrong, that maybe she needs time with her kids afterwards. He's not thinking that way, I think, but... Again, I don't think he's being malicious in any sense. So I do agree with her with this, that it may not be this realistic right now for you to come right after. Like, give me time with my children. Let me, you know, she, need, she needs that time with her kids. She's been, she's been gone for three weeks. She needs that time with them. So I, I understand from that perspective. However... That's about as far as it goes. Because she says, it feels too soon, is what she says. Do you mean it feels too soon to be in this relationship? Because ma'am, are you kidding me? You're going fast in all of this. Because then that's also what she says later, a little later on. She says, this is all going too fast. Your whole relationship with Rosvin is going fast. Your grieving process feels like it's being, it's gone too fast because, or not even so much that I feel like she's not so much that it's going fast because I don't think she's, she's still grieving and everyone grieves differently. Everyone grieves different lengths of time. Everyone handles it differently. That's not so much the issue, but I feel like maybe she's trying to force herself into something like we've said, she's just not ready for. Um, So he says, okay, then 
maybe after a month. You know, you, you go, I stay here for another month, and then I come. And she says, I don't know. And then she's coming across very dismissive. And then he says, I feel like you really don't want me there. And I don't know. He's not wrong. Like, here's my thing. Do you not want him there at all? Because then that's problematic. Or do you just not want him there in the first month, two months, even three, four months? Because then that I can understand. You need to have time with your children. You don't, you should not feel rushed to have a conversation with them because he wants to come. Nothing like that. But then here's the other solution. And I'll, I'll, I'll wait till we get to the point that she says this. Um, but she says nothing to him when he says this. And in her, in the moment she says, like, she thinks it's insane. And again, says like, they're moving too fast. Um, he says, maybe when you go back, you can tell them we're together. And this is what I mean about the fact, like, she should have told her children something before she left in the first place. I don't think she's, she's like I said before, she's doing this all backwards. Uh, but, um, and she says, like, I don't think you fully understand what it's like to be a widow with two kids. And then go to a different country to meet another person and then have to introduce them to you. And my thing is with that, Amanda, (laughs) is maybe to some extent, yes, he doesn't understand what it means to be a widow with two children. He hasn't experienced this, nor is he a father. So he hasn't experienced this and he, he doesn't understand. However, I do believe he sympathizes with the fact that you are in this situation, but he can't have empathy about it because he doesn't understand. He's never been in the situation. Um, and I don't think she should have an expectation that he should understand, but that you should have the expectation that he has sympathy towards what you're going through. That is understandable, but it it's just, you can't be upset with him for not understanding something that you're putting yourself in. You then can't say, you know, you know, you don't understand and then have to leave the country and come. You made those decisions. You made that choice. Rasmund didn't say, oh, come here or what, or, you know, maybe that would have been the end of your relationship. But then you say, thank you for the experience and you move on. You don't have to go to a different country in order to keep this relationship. If it doesn't fit your lifestyle, it doesn't fit your life or what you're going through right now. You can't get mad at him for that. I'm just, I... It's so angering to hear like what she says and, and and what she says to him. But so he says to her, like, I understand that the kids come first. 
Or actually, I might have said this in his, in his in the moment, but he says he understands that the kids come first, but that he also feels that she's not doing anything to prepare the kids for the relationship she is now in. Yes, I agree a hundred percent with that. You can appropriately prepare your children in a way that doesn't hurt them and doesn't hurt you. But then again, because of the fact that if your children say, no, no, I don't like this. I am not ready for this. I think that's the problem. She wants her cake and eat it too. And you can't. No one can. Uh, Yeah. So he says like, I'm sad about how everything's kind of going right now. Um, And she says, and this is the part that I'm going to get at. And then I'm going to make a suggestion here. (laughs) You know, um, it says they would not be okay. Her children would not be okay with him coming and staying in their home right after she comes home. And I agree, maybe not. They won't be okay with that. But why does he have to live in your home? Why can't you then, and I don't know her financial situation. I don't know what she can afford. And I don't know what he can afford. But he does have to show some sort of proof that he can take care of himself while he is in the country. At least that's what they do in Canada. I'm going to assume it's fairly similar in in the States as well. You have to show proof that you can take care of yourself financially while you are in the country. So even if you go halvesies or, you know, he stays for like a week at most, depending on what he can afford and put him in a hotel. He doesn't have to stay in your home. There are ways to figure that out. And if that is the way you're going to go, well, then you say, listen, don't come now. Save some money so that you can stay in a hotel. If you insist, because don't your children go to school? Don't your children go to school? I believe Junior is four. I, I might be wrong there, but I think he's four years old. And her oldest is six or seven. So they would be in school. So then you have the day and I guess like if, but if you're, if you're working, you could take time off or whatever. You can plan for this ahead of time, but you can spend the day with him while your children are in school. If you're not ready to tell them anything, or you're not ready to rush into anything and you don't want him in the home, then then you can gradually introduce your children to him, you know, in a way that at least they have their their home, their comfort in their home with him not there. There are ways around this. So I don't, I feel like she is making excuses, but he says, I just don't want to have to wait a year to see you. And then she says to him, are you trying to tell me that you can't wait a year while I figure out how my children are going to feel? Twist. She twisted his words yet again, the way she did earlier. And I, and I said, and I, I'm thinking to myself and I'm, listen, you can't, because <laughs> that's not what he meant. You're, you're, you're trying to twist what he says to your narrative. And that is not at all what he said. He did not say that he's not willing to wait for you. That's not what he said. He said, I just don't want to wait 
a year to see you again because now I'm I'm seeing you and I'm I'm, I'm liking the fact that I get to see you, and you know. And then I have to wait a year to see you again. Like that's gonna drive me nuts. I'll do it because I I'm, I love you or whatever. But like, I I don't want to do it. I want to see you. And then she has to twist it and be like, "We're not willing to wait for me." Well, that's not what he said. This was at the moment when I'm like, this whole scene is at the moment I'm like, you are, you. In the words of Taylor Swift, I'm the problem, it's me. So I'm like, no, I, you're, it's very multi-layered and that's the problem here. I think she is a princess. I think she is spoiled. I think she gets whatever she wants and she, I think there's a little bit of that. She's always, and then uh, anyway, we'll get past that part. But then there's the fact that she's not ready for a relationship. So you have these two things just kind of colliding and you're, and you're getting this selfish person. I think she's selfish when it comes to Raspin. I think she is also a little selfish when it comes to her children and which is okay. You mo- mothers are not just mothers. We are, we sh- mothers should be allowed to be a little selfish to take care of themselves. No, it's easier said than done. But I, I believe in that, you know, I believe that, women aren't just, we're not just mothers. We're not just employees or bosses or there's so much to, to women. And I, and I get that. That's not what I'm getting at at all. She's, she's, she should be allowed to be selfish. However, not like this, not like this. This is a whole other level of selfishness and I am going to have a problem with her. Um, so, we're almost done with her guys (laughs) and then she she says to him it would be hard for them if you come into their lives it not work out and it's another man that leaves them just like their father Ma'am, ma'am, first of all, number one, this is so messed up. Number one, if you are afraid of this happening, which I totally understand and get this, this is a fear that I think any woman would have, even if their partner hasn't passed away, this is something that you worry about bringing someone into their lives and then they just leave and then you have to explain that to them. I, I get that. That's, that's the legitimate under fear. I get it. However, however, you control that. You control that, whether or not, you know, you're, you're not doing things inappropriately in the sense that you want to feel him out and everything like that. I totally get that. I don't have a problem with that. And I don't think I would have a problem with that either. I have no issues. However, You then can't turn around and say they can't handle another man leaving their lives the way their father did. Their father didn't have a choice in what happened. He got sick. He got cancer. And he did his 
his part in trying to figure this out. And the doctors, you know, weren't able to detect what was going on. He didn't have a say. He didn't have a choice. He didn't control what was going on. And then him passing away, I'm sorry, but I didn't know we had control on whether or not someone dies. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know I could control whether or not I die or when, or when I die or anything. Well, hell. I'm like, you know what? Well, not today. Not not today. I'm not going to die today. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to stay here for a little longer. Didn't know. So for her to say that their father left them, is this what she's telling her children? Because that is so problematic. I really hope that's not what she's saying to her children. I want to, I'm, I'm going to go and say that's not what she's telling her children. Cause I just want to think that way. But this is so problematic. Their, their father didn't leave them on purpose. He passed away. He died. Like I, when she said that, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like She didn't just say that to him. Sure. Um, but she says she has to make sure that her children are okay. So this is a fragile situation. No shit. <laughs> And she wants to be sure before she gets her kids involved, which I don't, again, as I said in length, I don't have a problem with that. She needs to be sure, but she's just going about this all very, very wrong, very wrong. Um, but okay. Okay. So now we're with Riley and we see him packing to go to Vietnam and he describes his packing as as the same as playing Tetris. Oh boy, that's for those people who have seen the Tetris murders. This is, and I'm actually currently watching the Tetris murders right now. Um, bad timing. <laughs> um, so. He tells us that Violet's birthday is today, so he's bringing a bunch of stuff for her purses and whatnot. And this is why he says it's like playing Tetris because he's trying to figure out how to make it all fit. Um, so he says that he still feels worried after his conversation with the PI. Um, but, you know, he's still going to soldier on through. So his friend... Alexa, and I'm so sorry for those people who have an Alexa, but you might want to listen to this part with your earphones so that you don't set her off. Um, so she's taking him to the airport and he tells her about the situation with his dad and the 150 text messages that Violet sent. And she is just flabbergasted by what he just told her. And she says that is so manipulative and that is a huge red flag. I agree. I agree that she's definitely being manipulative and this is a huge red flag. And I, I, I don't think he should be going 
But then again, you know, if he's the one who's paid for this ticket, which I'm not sure <laughs> if he really did, um, he's still going to go. So then he brings up to Alexa that he is, uh, that he spoke to the PI. And she says, you know, if you feel the need to have a PI follow her, there's an issue. And again, also agree because we, we do have an issue here. Um, and he says, you know, that's not true. And that he does needs to overstand stuff, not understand, but overstand. That's so stupid. But anyway, he's, he's, changes the narrative here because clearly he thought this was an issue when he found out about these text messages going to his dad. Um, so now why are you telling Alexa that it's not an issue? You just, you just need to overstand. If you're going to lie to your friend about what's going on, then don't bring it up. Um, she says that you need to have a relationship with a foundation that consists of trust and honesty, which yes. And she says that his, your foundation has super cracks, not just cracks, but super, super cracks. Um, so, you know, he doesn't, really heed the warning or anything, but he says, you know, he really wants to have a family and he's ready to be a stepfather. I, I hear that, but I I don't think this is going to turn out the way he wants it to. I think he could just save himself a lot of time and a lot of pain. So then we see that the first stop he has made, so I, I guess he is doing connecting flight. So he flew from Pennsylvania to LA. And then he says the next stop is going to be Singapore. And we see that Riley has met a new friend named Tony while waiting for their flight. So they're actually going to be going on the same flight. But Tony is going to be going to Taiwan to meet his lady friend named Pacha. What is happening? How did he, how do these two people find each other? Um, anyways, 24 hours earlier, we are with Violet and she's going to go do some vegetable shopping. And of course you see her kind of bargaining with the woman and saying, you know, I'll pay this amount and I'll buy more and whatever. And eventually the woman's like, stop bargaining. <laughs> so, she, Violet tells us that she's a sweet woman, but she's also a strong woman and she always gets her way. Well, this, this is a great start. It's a lovely start. Um, so she tells us that she was married for 15 years and she has two daughters with her ex-husband. Um, she felt that her ex never really supported her emotionally or financially. 
and wasn't really helping financially raise their children. So she got a divorce. Fair. Um, and she says, you know, she, she says Vietnamese men are very patriarchal. And she does not want a man who's going to force her to live the way he wants her to. Because she says after the divorce, she's become very independent, doing her own thing. And she kind of wants someone in her life who can match that. So she decided to date a foreigner. And she said she found Riley on the dating app. And she said kind of what attracted her was the fact that he had photos with his dog. She said he had a very cutie dog. And he's also very cutie. That's what she, she says. Um, and she says that he really makes her laugh more than any man has really made her laugh before. So this is all sounding pretty, you know, pretty good, right? So later that day, she's meeting some of her friends and she's clearly late because one of her friends says, you know, we've been waiting for you. Like, what took you so long? Um, and she tells us that she has told her family about Riley, but she hasn't told her friends, which I think is actually really interesting that the, how this has kind of gone backwards, that you've told the family first, but you didn't tell your friends. So I thought that very interesting. But she tells them that she's seeing someone from America and they kind of start kind of giggling a little bit. And they ask her, like, how long you guys have been speaking for? She says, for a while, a little over two years. And they ask her, like, why haven't you told us after two years of being with this person? And she, she kind of, like, deflects a little bit and says, well, I told Lone. Maybe she forgot. Like, I think, you know. And they kind of call her out on her, on her bullshit a little bit. And they say, no, 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 no. You're just trying to separate us and cause confusion. Like, don't, don't do that. Like, why should Lone tell us? You should be telling us. Um, so Lone ends up asking Violet, like, do you guys fight? Or have you fought? And she says, well, clearly this was very producer-driven question. But she says, yeah, like probably like 180 times she's been counting, guys. Um, and she says, like, they kind of go through this cycle of fighting, blocking, fighting, blocking. And, you know, that's kind of the, the cycle that they kind of go through when it comes to their fights. And one of her friends says, like, I don't like that. And that's why that happens. And Violet says, like, they're over tiny things. And that I will never admit that I'm wrong. Even if I'm wrong, I will still say I'm right. That's a problem. You, like, I think, especially as women, we tend to have a hard time in saying I'm wrong. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> we have a problem with saying that. Um, but it says a lot about a person who can say that say, yeah, you know what? I, I fucked up. It's, it, I will take responsibility. I'm sorry. Whatever. So the fact that at 43, she hasn't learned that yet is very problematic. But she says that he gets extremely crazy because of his trust issues. I mean, yeah. 
I think, again, you need to kind of work on things, Riley, because you got ghosted and you found someone trapped in a closet. Um, she says that they have a lot of differences when it comes to their culture, language, and that they need to get to know each other. And because of that, she wants to take things slow. And I completely commend her on that. Um, she says when it comes to them being together, it really just depends on, on feelings. And she says that he needs to trust her. Okay. So now we have a new couple alert. We have Misha and Nicola. Okay, guys, this segment's going to be long. <laughs> there was so much information that we got about them. So, we start off in good old Catholic Church. A place where I spent the first 13 years of my life. Anyway. Um, so, we see that there's a few people saying that our Father who aren't in heaven, hallowed be thy name. She tells us, so anyways, first of all, before we even get into it, Misha is from Minnesota, and she tells us that she was uh, an on-air journalist. Cool, cool, cool. Um, She tells us that she was not raised with any religion, but about 10 years ago, she had a spiritual awakening. She goes on to tell us that the spiritual awakening consists of this. She was vacuuming, right? And she had a vision of two suns descending from the sky and landed in front of her window. Okay. And then she says that she thought she was having a heart attack and she slunk down to the ground And heard a voice in her head telling her to pray. And then she read the Bible from beginning to Revelation. Oh, God. So I kind of just unpack this for a quick second. Because I swear we have people like, I don't know, Manson, who had these types of visions. I'm sorry, but if I had a vision... Well, vacuuming that these two suns were descending from the sky. And then I heard a voice telling me to pray. I'm going to the doctor and being like, something's wrong. <laughs> something's really wrong. <laughs> I, 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 mm. okay. Anyway, we're going to move on. <laughs> um, so after this vision that she had. Um, This led her to the steps of the Roman Catholic Church. And I believe I said in a previous episode why. (laughs) And again, I say this as a Catholic, well, I wouldn't consider myself a part of the Catholic Church anymore, but I was baptized in a a Roman Catholic Church and um, did go to Catholic schools, um, elementary and high school. And, um, yeah, why? Anyway, (laughs) 
So she tells us that she met her ex-husband, who was a foreign exchange student when she was in high school. And she moved to Sweden when she was 22, and they got married. And they have two daughters together. Um, and then it got divorced. And she tells us that after her divorce, she became a party girl, went out a lot, drank a lot, went on dates and, you know, lived her life, you know. And she said that post-conversion, she got really lonely really fast because, and again, if you have been around Catholic people, really devout Catholic people, or even devout Christian, because, you know, Christianity is kind of this big umbrella, and then we kind of all fall within, um, within that. But um, even if you come across Christians, you know, you you tend to get people who really want to preach to you, and it can become very uncomfortable. And I come from a place where my belief system, how I believe, is very personal to me. And I, I deal with my beliefs how I see fit. And I, that's just how I kind of am. That's how I think my immediate family meaning my, my mom and this is how we are. That's, that, that's my personal way of handling my religion. However, I do not preach to other people. I don't even talk to other people about how I believe or whatever. That's very personal for me. And religion is very personal. And I don't want people preaching to me. That's just not comfortable for me. And from what I can understand from what she says to us is that maybe her friends also feel the same, that they don't want to be preached at. And it can become very alienating. And I also feel sad about that as well. But I would say, listen, I want to keep our friendship. but Stop preaching to me. There's a line. Don't cross it. And if she still crosses it, then, then you're done. You know what I mean? But, you know, try. <laughs> try to keep a friendship with somebody just because they are devout, devout in their religion. It's not even Catholic. Just devout in their religion. It's, it's sad. That made me a little sad for her. But anyways. Um, so she says, you know, as this is feeling lonely, she ends up meeting Nicola. And everything went in sync. So then we kind of began to go a little back and forth between Nicola and, and Misha and for a little bit. And we we are with Nicola and he is 46. He lives in Israel. And he lives with his mom. And he tells us that it is normal in Galilee to live with your parent until you get married. Um, so for those people who know, and it's probably fairly um, pretty well known, you 
you don't typically see a lot of Catholics in Israel, hugely Jewish. Um, but he says that he became a Catholic because of his grandmother. He didn't become a Catholic because of his parents. Um, and he tells us that he has a Catholic website that has traditional prayers that lasts for nine days. I, I was very confused by this, but anyways, and just to quickly go back to saying that that is largely, um, that is largely Jewish. He says that there is 2% of Catholics in Israel. It's a very, very small number of people. Um, so then he tells us that he never thought he would be with a divorced woman. Because obviously, and we'll get into it a little more, um, it can become very problematic if you are dating a, a divorced person, if you then choose to get married in the Catholic Church. But we'll, we'll get to it. Um, so he says, you know, when he met Misha, oh God, he says that she was lost and wanted someone to guide her to God. When I heard this, I said, oh gosh, this feels very, uh, it, it felt very icky to me. That's the word I'm going to use. It felt very icky when he said this. Um, so he apparently sends her a message saying, and I quote, you guys get used to the fact that I'm writing these down. <laughs> so I'm not going to keep saying it, but I write them all down. Quote, he says, you don't know me, but I love your post about God. Misha, this is the most important message. Why? End quote. Why? <laughs> Why is this the most important message? Because you say so? Who are you? <laughs> I'm, again, this is why I said this feels so wrong to me. It felt very, anyway, um, I was going to move fast. So she, she says that she felt like a newborn when she converted and that his message came at the right time. Isn't this what predators do? You know what I mean? It, like, this is what Tyra is going through at the moment, you know? Like, someone came in at the, the right time and just knows how to manipulate. I, I, I'm so, I hate it all. <sighs> Guys, I hate it here. But anyways. Um, so, we see another text exchange. And this one's now from Misha. And it says, I go to church but I still have more to learn. I want to go deeper in my faith and in my learning. I'm hungry for it. End quote. Um, are we still talking about God? Or are we talking about something else? Like, I, oh. Anyway, um, he, he, 
<laughs> he says, um, she said, you will be my Jesus boy. <laughs> you will be my Jesus boy. What is happening? I'm just... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> so then she tells us that she quit her job as an on-air journalist and devoted herself to her faith. And yeah. And she said that doing in doing this, it brought them closer. Why do you have to quit your job in order for your relationship to get better or to feel closer to somebody? Okay. So they said after that, they started texting every day for about 10 hours a day. And he says that he got insomnia because of Misha. No, you got insomnia because of you. And and that's not the, the definition of insomnia. Insomnia is not a choice. Anyway. Um, And we find out that they have been speaking for seven years. So. We then see her going to have drinks with her sister, Taylor. And that she is, she tells Taylor that she's going to be going to Israel in about two weeks. And then, guys, we find out. That Nicola is a virgin. I mean, I wasn't surprised. <laughs> we find this out. And he is celibate until marriage because you can't, in the eyes of God, have sex before marriage. It's a sin, guys. Now, well. <laughs> um, so she says that she is concerned because, okay, so you're a virgin. That's whatever. That's fine. That's your choice. Uh, I think she goes on to say he is a 46-year-old virgin. Cool. That I don't have an issue with that. However, what I have an issue with is that he hasn't had many girlfriends. And we'll get to when his last relationship was in a few minutes. However, she does say that she worries about whether or not they'll have affection, proper affection um, that she needs from her partner because he doesn't have the experience in being in a relationship. And she says that like, once you're, you know, you get into relationships and you learn from that relationship, you learn the do's and the don'ts of what you like and what you don't like and, and, and all that. He hasn't had those experiences and he's almost 50. And she says that worries her. Hell, that would worry me as well. Um, but anyway, here she's still, you know, she's still jumping in. Um, so we find out that her sister Taylor has spoken to Nicola on FaceTime. And she says, you know, he seems nice. So then her sister says, you know, it's great that you're going and you're meeting him. But, you know, can't you wait to get engaged? And Misha says, like, she, even if, you know, she waits to get engaged, gets all the answers that she needs answered and, and all that, or sorry, all the questions that she needs answered, she still doesn't feel that she would walk away. And I have a problem. 
<laughs> because she says, you know, the goal here is that we get the K-1 visa, he moves to the States, we get married. And for those who don't know, divorce is not an option in the Catholic Church. It's views. It's not an option. You don't do it. You get married, you stay married. That's what happens. And even if you're miserable, that's what you do. Um, and this is very problematic, honestly. And again, like we have, we have talked about the fact that we are true crime people and we watch true crime shows and, and, and stuff like that. And, um, but for those who know, there are plenty of cases of people who, well, I can't get divorced because it's going to be frowned upon. But what I can do is I can become widowed. As long as you become widowed, you can get remarried again in the eyes of the Catholic Church or in, really in the eyes of maybe any religion. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with other religions, obviously. I've learned over the years, but I can only talk in this in this as, as from the Catholic perspective is, well, I'm widowed, you know what I mean? And this is what happens. A lot of people end up going that route. You catch where I'm going with this. So um, I, I do have a problem with, with this. And not to say that he's a crazy person. He's going to do any of that. I'm not saying that. But it's my thing is, is if you know this, that divorce is an absolute no-no, then why would you get engaged to somebody? Why and why him? There are other people who maybe can match your energy when it comes to your religion, who is maybe more on your level. And uh, I, I, I don't understand her choices here. But anyways, um, so Taylor says, I hope you know what you're doing. And Taylor, I don't think she does. <laughs> so next we're with Nicola and he's fishing with his friend Wazim. Hopefully I said his name right. Wazim. Um he says that he is his rosary warrior. Okay. Have you any of you guys done the rosary? No, thank you. Um like the whole rosary? No, thank you. Um this is a quick little little antidote here, a little story. Um, and I can only speak from my experiences. I can't talk, speak from everyone else's experiences, but being in a Catholic elementary school, especially, we didn't really do this in high school, but in, in elementary school, we would always have what we call the rosary ladies come into our, into our school, maybe a few times a year. Um, and they would do the entire rosary with us. And for those who who maybe haven't seen the rosary, basically it's these beads that have like around the, the long part has 10, it's a 10, I think it's five, sorry, five sections of this, the prayer beads. So there's five sections of it. And you have like a, these five big beads that represent the, believe it's the our father so you would say the our father right with those 10 those those five big beads and then you have in between those five big beads 10 little beads and then you would have to do 10 
Hail Marys. So picture this. You have a room full of, say, 10-year-olds who have to do 50 Hail Marys, five are fathers, and this would take over an hour. And this is what we had to do. And then there was also another section where the crosses, where you had, um, I believe it's two of those bigger beads, again, with the Our Fathers, and then three small beads where you would do the Hail Mary. And you wouldn't always do those. On special occasions, you would do those. But you would always do the the, the five, the five, like the five rounds of, of prayer. This is what you did in the Catholic Church. No, thank you. I have rosaries still in my home, but ask me the last time I've done the rosary. It's been, I'm going to age myself sometime. I'm going to go there. It's been a long time. Um, so, yeah, I, I was like, ooh, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, so he, Nicola tells us that, you know, Misha, she gets mad if, um, he doesn't answer his phone when she's trying to get in touch with him while he's fishing. He says he loves fishing. He, like, this is his favorite thing to do. And I believe, um, and again, I'm not trying to pinpoint this because these two people are all from Israel, but I believe Alexi's same way. He's huge on fishing. So it was clearly something that, you know, they're both, they're both very passionate about, but he even seems even more so. He's very passionate about his fishing. Um, he basically says, you know, the, the, his friend says, well, she does that because she loves you. No, that's not why. I mean, maybe. I'm not saying she doesn't love him. But what I am saying is, no, that's just control. Um, and his friend says, Misha's out of his league. Yeah. Yeah. He, she kind of is. Um, and he then says, Nicola's broke. Guys, Nicola doesn't have a job. So then I ask you, Misha, what is so interesting about this guy? He's a virgin, number one, for me. Number two, he doesn't have a job. He's not working. And number three, he lives at home, which I understand is traditionally what happens. But these are all three things that doesn't bode well for him. So why are you with him? It's so weird to me. Um, but anyways, Nicola, Nicola says to us that the last time he has kissed or touched a woman was in his last relationship, which was 16 years ago. I don't know, man, because nothing is making sense to me. But he says to us that that relationship was not a serious relationship. So here are, you are a 46-year-old. The last time you were in a relationship, you were 30 years old and it wasn't a serious relationship. I'm sorry, but if you haven't had a serious relationship by the time you were 30, that's that's a red flag for me. I like that's that's a red flag. Um and he proceeds to tell well, Basim, because Basim and him are talking about this, about the fact that of course he would prefer a virgin. 
ew. Um, but he tells us in his in the moment, the Bible says, if you bring God into your life, you become a new creature. Past doesn't matter anymore. So because of this, he must look at Misha in a new way. She's a virgin. Jasmine would be jealous. <laughs> She's a virgin, he says. Because, oh God, he says the Holy Spirit came in her. Repeat, came in her <laughs> and changed her from inside to outside. This is so disgusting. I'm so mad. <laughs> so mad. Um, so his friend says, your mom wants you to have a virgin woman. And one that will ideally give you kids. Well, that's not happening. Um, it's not either front. Again, he's 46 years old. Like, uh, I can't. Um, moving on. He, he says that he feels that his mother won't like her. And because of this, he has not told his mother about, about her at all. And he tells us, like, his mom, I guess, knows he's talking to somebody, but thinks, like, it's just a friend. Like, doesn't think it's a real thing, doesn't think it's a relationship at all. But he says to us, in the, in the moment, he says he didn't plan this. God did. So of course he has to follow what God wants for him. Moving on. <laughs> she, so now we're back with, with Misha. And we see her calling Nicola. And for some reason, we're arguing about whether or not the cat is going to be in the bed when he is there. This is this is not a conversation to be ha- having at the moment. This is stupid. Anyways, she tells us that she had an interview with the Archdiocese in order to have her previous marriage annulled. Because again, as we mentioned very briefly, and I'll get into a little more here, is that you, if you want to be married in the Catholic Church, you cannot have been married previously. You cannot have, you can't be divorced. You have to have an annulment. And I, I was a little confused by this, but I think, again, if I, you think about it as a from this perspective, I think like it can kind of start to make a little more sense. It's not so much that she's trying to get a legal annulment, because you'll never get a legal annulment. You had, you were married for some time with this person. I can't, I know she mentioned how long she was married to him for, but I can't remember now. Um, but for a while, and you had two children with this person, you're not going to have an annulment. You need to have such, like, such like fine proof to prove an annulment. And you're not going to get that annulment after decades of being with somebody. It's just, that's just not how it happens. But she is trying to get an annulment through the eyes of the Catholic Church, which is a completely different situation, right? Completely different. Um, so, yeah, so he says, like, you know, this has to be done because we can't have a civil marriage. 
because that's a sin. Because she says to us, like, you know, it it may not happen. We may not get um, this annulment because, you know, they, they might be like, nah, girl, like, we're not, we're not giving it to you. We're, we're not, we're not giving it to you at all. Um, so she says, you know, if I don't get this annulment, like, I don't know what would happen for our, for our relationship. I'll tell you, he's probably going to leave you. 100% he's going to leave you. Cause guess what? God has said, this is, this is done. I gave you this path. It's done now. You're good now. You can move on to somebody else. That's what's going to happen. Um, then she is with her daughters. Um, and I'm hopefully I'm saying her, this one daughter's name correctly. I think it's, I think it's Mariah, but it's spelled very differently. But again, I could be saying this wrong. And, um, Sevia, I believe that's how you say their names. And they're looking at clothes and, you know, clothes that she's going to take on her trip. And she says to us that she wants to have their support in this new adventure she's going on with Nicola. And Moriah, I feel like I'm saying her name wrong and it's bothering me. But anyways, um, she says that it would be very weird if she, if she got engaged and that it would be weird because they have not met um, Nicola in person. They, the daughters have spoken to him and they said that it's was very awkward because all he did was talk about God. All he did was say, I'm praying for you. We're trying to teach them about Catholicism. Catholic, you know, <laughs> about God. Um, and it just, you know, clearly he doesn't know anything about these, these two children at all. He doesn't know them. He hasn't gotten to know them. Um, from what I could tell from what they're kind of saying, we don't know him and they don't know, and he doesn't know us because all he wants to do is talk about Rob and say, I pray for you. Okay. Um, so they say that, you know, they, they don't want to be judged for what they do. They ask, you know, very decent questions, you know, saying that, like, you know, if we have a boyfriend, like, what's he going to think about that? Like, you know, what opinion is he going to have and, and whatnot? And she kind of makes excuse in a sense for, for, for him saying, you know, he is very devout in his religion and, and you know, and so am I, but like, I can't predict whether or not he would preach about something or judge something or whatever the case may be. Um, and the, the daughter says that, you know, we don't want to be constantly be judged for the decisions that we make. Um, and that, yeah. He is not our parent and he should not have a say in what we do. And I agree with, 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 with them. Of course, he's not their parent. These, you know, you have one child who's actually an adult 
You have one who is close to being an adult and they've lived their lives with their mother, with their father, and they, they don't need you to come in and, and try and preach that. But that's exactly what would happen. I feel like they could have such issues because she says like, my children are not a part of this religion right now, ma'am. They may never be a part of this, this is, you know, so don't ever think that they, you know, maybe will have a spiritual awakening and then their forties or something, or I guess in technically in her thirties at the time, don't expect that. That's probably never going to happen for them. But, you know, I do feel like there could be some weird tension about the fact that we're religious. They're not. That is going to be a problem. Um, and so I don't think she's really thinking that through. Um, so she says that he has to accept her girls for who they are um, or else, I guess. But I, I'm not confident at all about whether or not she would actually um, not entertain this relationship with him if things went awry. But yeah, so that's it with Misha and, and Nicola. So now we are with Tyree. And um, he is with his sister. They're going to a park um, to talk about everything. And he says he's still processing. What, Dude, what are you processing? Lord. Anyways, um, the sister asks him, um, do you still think she's real? And Tyree says, mainly because she's she hasn't deleted him or blocked him on Snapchat. Of course he's no, of course she's, she's she quote unquote isn't going to block you or delete you because he's like, damn, like if I just told this guy that I'm a man and he's still sticking around, then I can milk this guy for everything he's worth. Of course he's not gonna delete. You have the power to delete them. And I don't get why he won't. So he says that he's he has a deep connection with Carmela. And because of this, because of the fact that he has this deep connection or whatever, he believes it could be a misunderstanding. That this whole thing could be a misunderstanding. Maybe production got it wrong. They spoke. They spoke to him. But here then, here's this. He then says, maybe, maybe that this, she really is who she says she is. And says that maybe her boyfriend found out about us. And is trying to break us up. What? No. There's so many better ways to go about this than 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 this. But I don't believe that for a second. Not at all. So his sister then says, like, have you done a reverse search on the photos? And we talked about this last week about the fact that this was going to be happening. Um, And he says, no. So 
they do the reverse search on, I believe, about two or three of the photos and nothing comes up. And she, his, the sister says, well, I don't know where this guy is getting these pictures because nothing's coming up. Like that's what she says. But then he says, that's a good thing that there's nothing coming up because then maybe she is real. So all this has now done is given him hope that Carmela is Carmela and not Christian. <laughs> Sir, you said you watched Catfish because you know how many times they have done searches on photos and nothing comes up, but they're still fake. Like, uh, I, you, sir, don't watch Catfish. <laughs> like, you don't. Or at least don't watch it religiously. Because that is not how this works. It's not at all how this works. I can't recall if it's a stock photo, if anything comes up. But this is most likely a stock photo. The person is real. Yes, the person in the photos are real. But the person you're speaking with is not the person who in those photos. And I don't understand why he can't comprehend this. Why he's holding on to this so much. It's so frustrating. <laughs> um, he talks about the fact that there is a message that production received from Christian. Um, and he says, you know, maybe I can look at that. It's easier than listening to this, to the voice. I think I can read the message. So production gives him the, the text and this is what it says. Hi, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> to think I cannot video call you because I'm not the girl in the photos. I know it's fucked that I have not been honest with Tyree. I have been lying him to for almost five years. At first it was a way to get money since most of us are so poor here. I did start liking him, but I can't be with him. I feel so bad, but I really needed money. I'm sorry, I do love him, but I cannot be with him. He says he's more confused. Why are you confused? Here's why. Because the fact that this person said I can't be with him, but but they love me. That's what he says. He missed the part where he said, I really needed the money. Everyone's poor here. You needed this money. Blah, blah, blah. I, I, you, you missed all of that. But you hooked, lined, and sinkered to the fact that this man said, but I love him. This man needs some therapy in the worst way. He ha his self-esteem is so low, it's sad. And listen, yes, he's an overweight man. However, that does not change the fact that he is a good-looking guy. He is somewhat of a catch. Someone out there is going to want to be with you. And you don't have to lower yourself to this. If anything, if he played this right, he could have been like, yo, no, fuck this person. I'm out. 
I, I this person has wasted my time, ruined my life, all of that. And he could have come on top. He could have gotten DMs and stuff being like, I'm interested. Instead, you know, you're going to have these women are going to be watching you being like, oh, you're simp. And we don't want to deal with that. We're good. Like, he played this all wrong. <laughs> anyway, um, he says, you know, the fact that this person said love. He then equates that to, well, I don't say say things like that just all willy-nilly. Love means a lot to me. It's not just a word, it's a feeling, he says. Okay, but tirade is because you feel that way. That doesn't mean that this person feels that way about saying love. There are people out there who throw the word out all willy-nilly. But you don't know that because you don't know this person. I, I, I didn't understand how it came to how he feels about the word love and then put that on how this person feels about the word love. It's, it didn't, didn't make sense. <laughs> um, so the sister says, you know, it's clear what's happening here. Yeah, it's very clear what's happening here. But doesn't know what Tyree is thinking. And she says, it's a, it's a, to Tyree, I should say. She says to Tyree, this person's a scammer. Stop wasting your time on this person. They're scamming you. He still can't hear that. He still is like, I don't know. They said they love me. Uh, so now we're with Gino and Jasmine. So we're going home from the airport. And guys, did you notice her makeup was perfectly flawless again? And his lips were back to his normal color? Come on, guys. Don't fool us like this. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. But anyways. Um, so Gino says, you know... Panama's his second home, and he loves the tropical mountains, I believe he said. Mountains are mountains. But anyways, he loves the mountains, the ocean. Then she says, look at the landscape, and <laughs> points to her boobs. And he awkwardly says, yeah, look at those. <laughs> What is, like, you can't even, like, look at your woman's breasts and be like, you know, or something, you know? Like, show something to her. Anything. I, we're the blue pills. Anyway. So he says that, you know, <laughs> that she's looking at him crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because this poor girl is sexually frustrated. Anyway. Um, so they go to the apartment. And he's like, oh, wow. You know, it's great. And she says, you know, it's worth every penny. And it actually looks like a very nice like a nice apartment. And, you know, look, look decent. And again, we talked. I talked about the view. The view looked beautiful. Um, 
And then her sister, Liz, who we did meet last season of B90, comes to say hi uh, to Gino. And she, she hugs Gino, but she also had this look of don't fucking touch me. <laughs> she just had this very awkward look in her face. She just didn't want, she didn't want to touch him. I don't, I don't blame her. And then um, Jasmine's dog Coco comes to say hi as well and is just freaking out. He is seems very happy to see Gino. Um, so anyways, we talk about the view. I won't talk about the view anymore. Um, and Jasmine says that it's, of course, it's a reasonable price. Because again, he questions whether or not, you know, it's worth the $3,000. And he, he says, of, she says, of course, it's worth her a penny. I'm only going to be here for another month, right? Right? This guy, this guy did not do the K-1 visa. I have feeling in my gut he did not do this K-1 visa. Or at the very least, he delayed on doing the K-1 visa. Because here's my thing. This man wasn't working last season. He lost a job because of COVID. He's working now, but he didn't have a job. So unless he had a co-signer, how did he, how was he able to sponsor her? You need to show proof that you can take care of of the person you're trying to sponsor here or sponsor the states in this case. Even in Canada, same thing. You have to prove this. So how? And again, we don't have the K-1 visa process here in Canada, but um, you can sponsor a spouse. We have like a spousal visa, which the states has as well, I know. But I'm just like, how did he do this? He doesn't have any income to prove at the time that he could do this. So I think either A, he hasn't done it or B, he did it late. Those are the only options. And he's not being honest with her as to what's happening here. Um, so Gino tells us that Jasmine never used to be into expensive things in the beginning of the relationship. But now she is. And he says that her spending, you know, doesn't make her as desirable, I guess, to him. And that it makes him not want her as much, I guess. Which I said in the first episode, ouch. <laughs> um, so Jasmine says, you know, do you want to try the bed? He says, no, I don't need to try the bed. Cause he knows we're trying to he knows he knows we're trying to go down here. He's like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need to try the bed. I'm good. And she says, let's go try the bed. Let's see if you like it. <laughs> she has like this look on her face of, I will push you off this balcony. <laughs> Get him the bed. I'm like, I'm like, my goodness. Guys, sorry, I had to take a little, little break there. Although you didn't probably hear any difference. So, um, so just to kind of go back to where we were. So yes, Jasmine tells Gino to try the bed. Um, she actually insists on him trying the bed and 
And he's like, okay, fine. And then as he's going, she has this look on her face of just, <laughs> just, I can't even explain the face she had, but it was just, it was very funny. I had to have to point that out. So he goes on the bed with his sneakers on. I'm sorry, but you just spent time in two airports plane and god knows what else and you're putting your dirty sneakers on her bed her white like bed spread are are you are you high (laughs) um so she tells us that she can't remember the last time that she had sex And she tells him, look at me. He doesn't open his eyes right away. But when he does, wow. (laughs) He just has this look of, what? (laughs) Like, Like, he feels very uncomfortable is the word that I would use to describe the look that comes on his face. Um, then she says, I'm not wearing a bra. And do you want to feel? He says, no, I'm good. (laughs) What? If I did something similar and I'm like, I'm not wearing a bra. Do you want to feel my man would be all over that? (laughs) I, I, this is foreign to me and I'm an onlooker. It's very foreign. I'm like, what? So he says, you know, I'm just trying to enjoy the bed and I want to feel how comfortable it is. Um, okay. Um, and Jasmine says, you can enjoy me too. And this is where he tells us that her spending habits um, doesn't make him feel good and it affects his desire towards her. Again, we talked about this. Um, So then he turns and lies on, on his stomach. And Jasmine asks him, if you want me. And he actually says to her, Stop asking me that. Sorry, guys, if you can hear my birth screaming in the background. <laughs> um, not sure if you can. But anyway, he he says, yeah, like, stop asking me that. He says that he just wants to take a nap. And she lets him. She says, okay. And she says that I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed. So next we see Gino lying in bed and the dog is just rubbing up on him, trying to get him to wake up, I guess. And then Jasmine wakes him up and she says, you know, I I am disappointed, but I had time to think. And she apologizes to Gino and she says, let's reset. Um, And, and, you know, this is actually very 
good of her to say this, but she says, like, I, I know that our personalities are different. Um, and yeah, that's very true. They are very different term- in terms of the personalities. And then she says, um, she's going to cook dinner and says, you know, what, you know, come with me. Let's, let's cook together. Oh no, here we go. Um, He says in his in the moment and says, you know, it's not that I don't want her or, you know, I'm not rejecting her because I don't want her. But he says that sex is not the most important thing. And no, it's not the most important thing. But, Gino, it is important. So, you know. You, you 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 need to have that kind of physical connection with your partner. Um, and intimacy doesn't just mean sex, obviously, but he's not showing any form of intimacy towards her. Um, so she says that she's going to make meatballs. Man, those are the only, meat, the only balls you're going to be having. Um, she says that they're plant-based, which I completely forgot. She's, I think she says she's a vegan, completely forgot about this because I actually wanted to completely forget that last tell all. (laughs) Um, anyway, she, she then says to Gino, can you peel uh, a potato for me? So he's looking around rummaging through the drawers and he says, I can't find anything. And she says to him, like, what is it that you're looking for? And he says, a peeler. I want a peeler. Okay, now first of all, let me just say something. I have peeled a potato or two in my life. And I actually do not use a a potato peeler for that. I just use a knife. But this doo-doo says he needs to use a peeler. So she says, like, you know, I don't know what's really here. You know, sometimes you might get more of a place that's furnished. You might get less of a place that's furnished. They don't have a peeler. So she says, you could just use the knife. And she gives him this butcher size knife. Now, listen, I wouldn't use a butcher size knife to peel a potato. However, you can use a knife to peel a potato. Um, then he asks for a cutting board. She gives him a plate. Sir, you don't need a cutting board. Sure, yeah, maybe it can make things easier, but you don't need a cutting board. You can cut on something else. Um, hell, you can even cut it on the... I mean, I wouldn't advise cutting on a counter because, you know, you can get dents or whatever, but depending on what kind of counter you have, but you could do that and just wipe down afterwards if you insist, you know? But, um, so he just keeps reiterating, you know, I can't cook without the right equipment. And she's like, okay, I heard you, like, whatever. Like, just, you know, just do it. So she then says, um, you're not performing surgery. You're just cutting a potato. (laughs) Very true. Um, and he keeps saying, 
I'm not going to let her tell me what to do. I'm not going to be a pushover. I'm not going to do, she needs to understand that I'm not a pushover. This is going to be a downfall. <laughs> um, but he says like, it frustrates him when she tells him what to do. It's frustrating that you need to have the quote unquote right equipment to peel a fucking potato. Um, so then she tells him, can you hurry up? Because the water is about to boil. And he says, I don't hurry up when I cook. Especially when I don't have the proper equipment. Shut up. <laughs> then she gets the potato. All's good in the world. And then she says, can you peel a carrot? Now, when I first saw the, the episode for the first time, I said, okay, now I need a peeler. Because I use a peeler if I peel a carrot. Um, my goodness, when she did the knife skills with carrot, I'm like, okay, I never thought about that. But yeah, of course you can use a knife and just go, you know, do what she did. I'm like, okay, okay. Actually, even if she showed me that the one time, like you just your brain doesn't go there. I'm like, okay, okay, I got it, I got it. I'll keep going. Like you, mm. anyway. Um. So, but you know, so he he says, not without a peeler. So again, like I said, she uses a knife, feels like carrot. Um, and then she says to him, can you peel the beet? Now, I have no skills with beets. I don't eat beets. Um, I, we actually very rarely eat beets in, this, in, in our house. But I know my mom does more with beets than, than I do. I don't eat beets. Um, so I don't have any anything to say about beets. <laughs> and he says... Nope, not without a cutting board. And then his eyes. Okay, his eyes did this weird, like, rolly eye thing, but it actually reminded me of that alien in Men in Black. Um, I can't remember exactly which Men in Black it was, but there was a Men in Black movie where there was an alien that, like, did this weird eye rolly thing, but then his eyes also closed. It was so weird. And that's exactly what I thought of. I'm like, oh, are you good? Like, is your skin about to fall off? Like, what's happening? Like, I, it was, it was the weirdest thing I had ever seen, actually, from a human being in real life. Like, it was very weird. I'm like, something in the eye? Like, what's going on? Um, so she basically says, I do what I have to do and thanks him for the help. Sarcastically thanks him for the help. And he leaves. And she says, where are you going? Cause she doesn't understand why he's leaving. Like, where are you going? Um, so then he's in the bedroom and she yells, I wanted to cook a nice vegan food for you, Gino. And he says, I won't cook without the proper equipment. She's crying because I can actually understand from her perspective, like we're fighting over potatoes and carrots and the proper equipment, as he so says. You're fighting with her over something really stupid and she doesn't understand like what is going on and why are you acting that way and why you would just leave like that like in all honesty i think in this moment she did nothing wrong he's acting like a two-year-old 
And I'm just like, go back out there and apologize to her. Um, because he says, like, he's frustrated because she wasn't understanding him. Well, sir, I don't understand you. <laughs> and she can't walk all over him, he says. And that he is going to stand up for himself. Now ain't the time. <laughs> now is not the time because this wasn't warranted whatsoever. You're the one who's kind of in the wrong here, Gino, not her. So um, she says she feels bad because he treats her badly, and especially in this moment, treats her badly, but is also feeling bad because he feels bad. So that's also very telling that she's like, I feel bad because he makes me feel bad, but then I also feel bad because he feels bad. So I'm like, oh, you didn't do anything wrong. Um, but she feels like he's angry with her. And she thought like this would be a fun experience for them to cook with each other. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, I could have been, but instead he had to piss and moan about not having the proper equipment. Um, so he comes back out and he asks her why he's, why she's crying like that. Like what? She's crying. Um, and she tells him like, I, you know, you're angry with me. And he says, I'm not angry, but again, I need the right equipment. (sighs) God. Um, she says, and Again, I totally got this. She says, I don't always have what I need, but I always figure it out. And that's what she was trying to show him. You might not always have what you need, but you figure it out. And that kind of just goes again to show his privilege here that so you can just go down the street, go to a Target, and get a peeler if you need it or get a cutting board if you need it. But maybe Jasmine didn't always have that. So she figures it out. That's not meaning she's trying to bring you down. Maybe her approach is maybe not the greatest, but what she's doing isn't the problem. But even then, like I wouldn't, I don't even think she was doing anything kind of wrong per se. I mean, I don't know, like she could maybe could have handled it a little better, but she's not doing anything wrong, in my opinion, in my honest opinion, in, in this moment. So I'm just like, she's just trying to show you something and you can't even look past your privilege to see that she's trying to tell you something. Like, anyway. So she says, like, that's how my mind works. And I understand that maybe my mind doesn't work the same way as yours does. And she apologizes. Now, guys, am I wrong? But he didn't apologize. And I think he should have apologized. I think she could have apologized for maybe her approach. And that's great. But where's your apology to her, Gino? You you don't think you did something wrong? You don't think you act like a freaking two-year-old? Like, come on. Um... So she says, asks him, like, do you want to order food? And he says, no, he's tired. He wants, he just wants to go to bed. 
So he says, I have to go put on my sleeping hat, which is basically just another cap. He's putting on another cap. And then proceeds to go into the bed in the clothes that he wore while traveling. Now, here's my thing. I fully believe he was wearing those clothes underneath the clothes he was wearing from the States. I don't think he changed, like changed out of one thing to a next thing. I think he just went into the bathroom, took off his, the clothes that he was wearing over, like on top of that. So in my mind, I'm thinking you have literally traveled in those clothes. Maybe they weren't touching the airplane or anything, but they're on your body. Like, don't you want to go shower or something? Ew. Um. So yeah, he gets into bed. And she asks him, do you want me to lie with you? He says, no, just let me sleep. He's being an asshole. (laughs) Like, there's a way to make sure you're standing up for yourself and not being walked all over by her. But you're also still acting like an asshole to her. And my Lord. But anyway... Yeah, that's that's it with uh, with Gino and Jasmine. So next time on, so we have a new couple coming, and he tells us that he is the life of the party. This is the douche that I mentioned in the first episode. Um, but he does say that he wants to find someone, and he wants to spend his life with somebody, and he thinks that he can have that with Cleo who we don't get much on her, but we can tell that she is, I think she's from England from, we can see. Um, But he says that she is very different than what he's used to dating before. And I believe they have mentioned that she is on, um, on a spectrum. I believe she's autistic. Um, Then we see David and Sheila. They're meeting each other at the airport. They hug. It looks so sweet. Like, they, they, yeah, that looks, I'm hoping and praying things work out for them. Um, Then we see Amanda and and Rosvin are talking to the producer of the music video. I believe he's going to be recording while she's there. And the producer asks Rosvin, um, if she's a jealous type, they're speaking in Romanian. And she said that she thinks it's rude that they were speaking in Romanian. And um, then she asks him, like, you know, what are you guys talking about? Because I'm pretty sure I heard my name. Um, I don't know. We'll talk more about that in the next episode, I'm sure. Um, then we see Riley and Violet. And, and we kind of see that the front desk is asking, like, is it going to be one key, two keys? Like, are we doing two separate rooms here? What's happening? And uh, we'll see how that goes. And he says the chemistry he felt with with Violet while they were talking is real and he's excited. And then he asks her, you know, what are we doing the next day? And she says, I'm busy. So... Oh boy, this doesn't look like it's going to go well. And he sure as hell didn't take it well when he heard this and says, I flew all the way here. And like, you're not going to make me a priority. And then 
we see Gino is bringing up the prenup with Jasmine. And Jasmine says to him, I will not marry you if there is a prenup. And then he says, just forget it. And she says, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And that's the, that's the end of the episode. So thank you for listening to this episode. If you like what you've heard, please rate and subscribe to our podcast. You can, you can, uh, sorry, you can rate and also leave reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, you can get this podcast on any of your favorite apps. If there is one that uh, you prefer to listen to and this is not on it, please let me know. And we will get it on your favorite podcast app. You can listen to our podcast on YouTube, which is at Reality Tea Times 2. Uh, you can also send us an email if you want to send us an email at realityt times two, which is x2 at hotmail.com. All this information will be in our show notes. You can also follow us on all of our social media accounts. We are at Facebook and Instagram at realityt times two. And that's, I believe that's that's everything. Again, if you really like us and you want to share us with everyone in your life, please, please, we would greatly appreciate it. And I think that's all. So we will be back with another episode of Selling Sunset on Friday. Um, maybe with Ava, maybe without. But again, guys, I will do my best to at least get her thoughts on the fight between Nicole and Chriselle. Uh, and if not, we will can always discuss it um, in another episode. So again, thank you guys so much. 